I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, <laughs> opinionated, and we keep it what? Fear, Wakanda forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss Ooh. entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. <laughs> so Chris and uh, Lisa are out today, but I got my girl on. You guys are going to love her. Uh, my sis, we've been working together for like the last three or four years now, hanging out. She's doing some big shit out there. Um, Fia Pereira, everybody, writer, producer, director herself. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Hilliard. We love Hilliard. Fia can't rap. She can dance because she's got a big, big butt. Oh, yeah. Keeping it real in the screenwriter's room. (laughs) What's up, y'all? Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. If Mm -hmm. you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. Mm -hmm. So today... We got my girl in the room, <laughs> in the building, as we like to say. Yeah, I'm in the building. I yes, made it. Is. I made it in the building. She is. Yes, I am, and I'm vaccinated. I'm happy about that too. <laughs> and I'm not eating any of his candy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you never do anyway. Oh, I do. Do you? Yeah, I ate like ten pieces last time. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot yep. about that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Had to go on a diet for like two years. I after just keep that. thinking about you being a vegan and like you don't eat all that weird. Well, shit. Well, no, I I eat a lot of sometimes sugar and popcorn oh, that's your, and shit. And sugar, stuff. sugar is my like, thing. Yeah, I'm not a salt dude. No, I like sugar and salt. No, I'd be very happy just eating uh, 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 like bags of pretzels dipped in peanut butter and uh, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> peanut butter That's if, and jelly. If, I, if the world is going to go, if, if the world is going to like blow up, mm-hmm. I, I don't care about having sex with Jason Momoa, although that would be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I just want a lot of food. That's okay, hilarious. so just have Jason Momoa naked and I can put all that wow. fattening shit all over him. You know what wow. I mean? And the pretzels and the binge. Y'all hear that guy? <laughs> See, butter. girls, girls are freaky deeks too. I'm just letting y'all know. Yeah, we're freaky deeks. Yeah, we're freaky deeks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to have you on Fia for a number of reasons. I wanted to have you on for a while. And, you know, they always say timing is everything. And I guess <clears throat> partly I was waiting because, you know, as you know, we were in, we're in the middle of this big production we're trying to do for this, this film that you wrote that's fucking brilliant that we know is going to just take over the world. Um, and, and I think we keep, I keep waiting for us to have the launch to be like, hey, here's the show. And I'm like, you know what? This journey so far has been so fascinating. I think I want, because I hear you talking on Facebook a lot, Facebook, on Clubhouse. Clubhouse a lot about the journey and how difficult this is. And that's what my show is about is how, mm. you know what I mean? So I was like, ooh, I got Fia here. She's mm-hmm. coming over. We're going to go to lunch. So let's just get her on the mm-hmm. mic. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this journey and making this freaking movie, mm-hmm. you know, and how fucking it's not easy, <laughs> you know, to do. Mm-hmm. And... um and yeah. I've climbed Kilimanjaro, and this is harder. <laughs> I think this is harder than Everest. Yeah, stupid. Yep. Did, didn't I just say it was that you and your brother or your, your boyfriend? Um, um, there was some, some photo of y'all like up on some mountain. Was it? That was my boyfriend. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't trying to kill him, but you know, he's British, really cute. <laughs> he is handsome, though. He is he's handsome. handsome. He's crossed between Mrs. Doubtfire and Tom Cruise. What? Where do you get Mrs. Doubtfire? Because from? he's British and he could, you know, he's very maternal. Oh, because he talks so like he, that or something. Or no, what? he's British. He's very maternal, and he's just very like, you know, he's just he, you know, if he could, he'd breastfeed every every That's person on the planet. Hilarious. And he's also a fucking badass with his motorcycles. That's and, hilarious. So he's the, he's got that yin yang thing. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's like know, almost he can mo- be a mo- wonderful mother mm-hmm. that will like you know it's really, so he's still really like deliver a very, in the bedroom and really zip around on uh, a motorcycle you so know he's what still I'm a very butch guy yep. but but he could be not necessarily metrosexual but in there somewhere where you're like yeah. wow this guy's got yeah. 
Like he can hang with the yeah. girl and not be yeah. a chauvinist? You could see him. He could be the, the, the new woke woman in the shoe with That's all funny. the kids. Because <laughs> the, <new laughs> the foster woman. kids. <laughs> Hello, That's come funny. into my shoe. That's These funny. are all my foster children. That's funny. Yeah, that's because he's <laughs> anyway. I digress, but yes, no, yeah, no, no. The journey of yes, the journey of. Well, let's talk about yeah, you first. Talk, okay, let's talk about where me. you from and how you got to the game. Uh, 34, 26, 34. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> she's a brick. How <laughs> she's mighty, mighty, backing it up all the time. All right. <laughs> so, um, I am originally from. Mars. No, um, I, I wish. Jesus, Jeff, sweet. Jeff Bezos and I are going to, you know, he is a rocket. I'm sorry. looks like a large penis. And exactly. I'm going to get on top and go up there to Mars after climate change is exactly. ruling the planet. So I'm an East Coaster in New York, keeping it real. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about you. Mm-hmm. I know you're San Francisco and all that, but you and I have a nice simpatico because you also. I was keep... born in the D. I lived there in Brooklyn go. until okay. I was seven. And all right. Yeah. All right. So I'm, it's okay. in there somewhere. Okay. I just don't okay. remember the shit. No, no you all. talk about San Francisco a lot. You're all up in all that. That's all I remember. Stuff. That's okay. why. That's okay. Why. Okay. You two be keeping it really cool exactly. above the New Yorkers there. But no, I, um, I've, I'm an East Coaster. I, it's, it's interesting because I come from a very waspy family, but mm-hmm. there's like the wasp, the Jewish, the Italians, the Portuguese, the Spanish. There's all this, all this, this, this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm more of the Portuguese, <coughs> Spanish, I think the Italian side because I, you know, it's like being supportive of people um i'm, I'm more interested in people I'm you're a total nurturer for sure yeah i'm yeah. not like my mother who's doesn't who's like three pounds and three, she's three eating pounds. a triscuit in the last 15 fucking years <laughs> pardon my french and it's so i much, love her so to pieces but mom, she's so right? goddamn skinny it's like yeah on golden pond we've seen it jane wow. fonda all right okay wow. so yeah no i was said my mama said listen growing up was like being with um being with somebody you know it's like it's like a perpetual fat farm living Mm -hmm. with my mom anyway um so so yeah so i'm east coaster coming you know from a different wonderful like that kind of background but it's funny because it's like the reason i bring up the waspy versus the other stuff is that being an artist it's about really expressing yourself being open being very woke being liberal uh, constantly like changing being malleable which is the antithesis of that waspy stuff mm-hmm. so i like to poke fun of it i've done a lot of that in my writing right. so i went to nyu grew up in new york city <clears throat> and moved out here 21 years ago and i haven't looked back and i've been working on a lot of different um different things i came out here and i had options did you, a did you scripts. come here to be an actor or what did you come here to be i when came you out here to be a serial killer <laughs> well, same thing same thing <laughs> same thing <laughs> take out people that are in a appropriate okay um so no i came out here because i'd optioned a script of mine and then um it it actually was a show a solo show that was supposed to go off broadway and my i had come out here anyway because i knew that i wanted to really focus on and getting my work out into a bigger market um so you did some stand-up i did a lot of stand-up so i moved out here and i had optioned my solo show Mm -hmm. and then my producers were in the 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 verizon building 9-11 we know how how that went was horrible so anyway that that didn't work and then I started doing stand-up comedy mm. and I was like okay I've talked to I've you know I've done after doing 21 solo shows in New York City off off Broadway and all that stuff I was like I'm tired of talking to myself so I might as well talk to the audience so you ended up doing that show after all yeah no I, I did it out here okay. not in New York okay. not in New York that was called Swimming Naked that was about my relationship with my waspy mother and I think she jinxed me <laughs> she's like you are not doing it here Hilarious. in my city wow. it's embarrassing <laughs> Your life is my life. I'm a narcissist. Talk wow. about yourself. Anyway. <laughs> Do not include my name. <laughs> Don't you dare. I was like, Mom, but you're so funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you can't make it up. My mother swims naked. I, I'm in a bathing suit. She's swimming naked in blue flippers. You can't make this shit up. You got to like, you got to write it down. That's funny. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so I, I moved out here, did a lot of stand up and then was really focusing on my screenwriting and, um, and doing a lot of spec scripts and really doing a lot of stand up. And I was a regular, God, I passed at the, you know, the Laugh Factory, I was right mm. at the Improv, and then I was doing shows in Vegas, doing all this stuff, and then I really started, you know, I, I did was doing a lot of the road, and it was it's hard for a woman being on the road as a comedian. I'm sure. Yeah, I, it's just, there's a lot of creepy guys out there, uh, creepy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I 
you know, I was lucky to try to do the road with a lot of my female comic friends. So mm-hmm. we were able to support each other. That was great. But mm-hmm. we had some weird stuff. Like there was a woman who died in the room next to us. And I, we just were so freaked out. Mm-hmm. They carried around a body bag and the booker was like, go back and get your money because I'm moving that show to Butte. I was like, do you know that somebody <laughs> died? I was like, this is a bad Woody Allen movie we're in, you know? So, and I was selling like inappropriate classy lady underwear. And I was like, this is a real deep sea diving moment for me in my life. I think it's time to, to real, you know, bring it back and focus on my my screenplays right. and my storytelling. And then I started writing a lot of um, a lot of different spec scripts. And we know how that is. Uh, it's very hard, mm-hmm. and it's also a, you know but, but I really enjoyed it too. Let me just I'm gonna be interrupting you. Look, yeah, we're having no, a conversation. Please. Yeah, here's the interesting thing about that. Here's the interesting mm-hmm. thing about that though, Fia. Mm-hmm. You say you ended up writing a lot of spec scripts at first, but the thing is that a lot of writers don't always understand that's actually a good thing. You got to get through five, six, or seven of them before you even start finding your feet. And you even start going, oh, oh, I tend to write about these themes. Oh, I actually think I like horror more than I like thriller. Whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. you start to figure out. So people say, what's the voice? Mm-hmm. You got to get through a couple of them before you mm-hmm. start to find that thing. Mm-hmm. And then you can include it mm-hmm. in most genres. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is where you are now. Like yes. now, your yes. voice is... I mean, I because I've read your comedy stuff too, uh-huh. which you you could be broad, you could be small, uh-huh. you could be uh-huh. dark, you could make uh-huh. you can make it cry, you know, you uh-huh. could do all of that. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so, to me, all those scripts uh-huh. are an extension uh-huh. of where you are now. If that yeah. makes sense. No, I think. Thank you. I mean, Hillier, that's very astute. I, absolutely, and I'm very proud of some of my early scripts. Listen, my swimming naked script. Um, I have a friend of mine that's like Meryl Streep needs to play it I was like listen you get Meryl Streep to you know just be my mother and you know you've hung the moon all right, right. but um, <clears throat> I mean all these all these scripts you're right they're for me it's a spiritual journey we are in these characters we're in their lives and and I've written some things that I you know I write a lot of my um, over-the-top comedy with Dava Krause. She's right. an incredible writer. She did Baby Steps, mm-hmm. which I think you saw and really yep. liked. We won Dances with Films Best Audience Award, and that was great. We pitched that out over at Universal. And You shot um, that as a pilot, right? We shot it as a pilot, right. and I directed it, and mm-hmm. it was I was so proud of it. It was really, the actors were unbelievable, mm-hmm. and Dava did a great job. Yeah, that looked great. So looked we, great. you know, we've done, you know, she and I write, you know, we wrote that really great script called The Fixer Upper, which is modern day War of the Roses about my relationship with my ex-boyfriend, John, and when we almost killed each other over this haunted <laughs> house we were living in. <laughs> and I was trying to get the ghost to get him out. And she's That's like, hilarious. I'm too depressed and scared of his ass, so I'm not going to do anything. I was like, do something. Anyway, the lights, switching off lights and microwaves didn't, didn't scare him at all. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think all the scripts that we work on as writers, we, d- we shouldn't look at them like it's a graveyard of scripts we have to look at it like it's a progression of where of, of how we're finding our voice and the genre and you and I have talked about this uh, what's a common thematic thing with my characters and how mm-hmm. I write is these are people that are becoming that are overcoming emotional and obstacles right. they're you know there's they're suffering and they're in pain in some not all you know like trauma right. some of them various stages of that <laughs> and how they overcome and it's about it's really about i'm interested in talking in 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 um in, in highlighting the voiceless, how the voiceless become powerful, mm-hmm. whether they are LGBTQIA, black characters. Um, I have this graphic novel with this gay, Native, indigenous Native American guy who's in there and uh, cross-dressing British um, gay colonel in the British Army, which is true, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, of course, they get married and they have their first Airbnb <laughs> in Provincetown. <laughs> Yay. Thank Where you. Else would they of course. And, you know, we love <laughs> them. So um, so I just feel like all the scripts is just, it's, <clears throat> it's, we shouldn't look out because they didn't get made or they didn't get this or that, that they're not failures. We're finding our voices and we're strengthening our craft. And we have to be, writers have to be writing all the time. I have a theory. And here's my theory. This is, I've been writing over 20, 21, 22 years now, and I think I have close to 50-something scripts. And That's amazing. I should have more, though, in my head, based on how many years that is. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I might like five projects at a time, but what's mm-hmm. been happening in the last mm-hmm. four years, maybe five, is <clears throat> the minus when I was working on shows is um, I am usually writing a lot more pitches mm-hmm. that take up a lot of time too yes. because a lot of times I'm brought in to write something based on a book mm-hmm. or something like that so it takes a, lot, a lot of, of research, research. Yeah. 
and months go by of researching and then you got to look at this book and go okay how can i condense this into the story oh the story is really about the girl who does Mm -hmm. you know it's like all that Mm -hmm. anyway where i'm going with that is my very first script that i wrote one of the big pitches i'm doing for one of the biggest producers in town right now Mm -hmm. is that exact script that i wrote 20 years ago that's the script mm. we submitted. Which one is that? Rebel Yell. It's about the skinheads and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <clears throat> and yeah. I don't think I ever sent it to you. I don't think we ever showed you that one yet. No. I, have to, I just sent you that but one. But I'm a big fan. You know, I yeah. love Sylvester. And so. thank you. And um, so what I'm saying is that, so here's what I learned mm-hmm. over the years. I almost never get to the point where I'm so frustrated that I can't sell something. What I've learned is sometimes that thing is just a sample for you. Mm-hmm. even though you think it's perfect and it's going to kill and it's going to mm-hmm. whatever. That's right. Like my Tulsa script, people read that and like, mm-hmm. dude, this should this is an Oscar-nominated script. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I believe that too. Mm-hmm. But it also has been a great sample for me. Mm-hmm. And had I not have written it, I wouldn't have gotten that job mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have done this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's no, the other God, thing is taking the pressure off of yourself right. because right. we are so... Like we, we think because we wrote oriented. it, it should be in a movie, know. you know, and mm-hmm. we don't always understand that sometimes it's just the way that life is. The majority of us will never get something produced. That's right. Right. Which is why you and I, mm-hmm. which is why I love you, mm-hmm. <clears throat> make our insane, own shit. We make our I'm going to build shit. this crazy house brick by brick. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, I mean, there are some movies I, I you know, I'm also a director, mm-hmm. so there are, there are movies like The Fixer Upper. I don't need to direct The Fixer Upper. I mean, we had, it's a very funny, we got great coverage on the blacklist. Of, we have a great uh, director that wants to take that over. It's a probably five, six million dollar movie, one location basically. Right. It could be hysterical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, also it's like, you know, figure out, go with go with the things that you really want to do and focus on. Yeah. And not everything is going to get produced. You can't direct everything. You have to be realistic. And and I've written a lot of, several pilots too, and some of them are not good. Some of them are better. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, you know, some of them are just not the right time. Yeah. The thing I did with Lori Allen is really funny voiceover actress. Um, you know, that just... It, it, you know, we got the comments, the cast is great, the writing is great, but they felt like it was too internal. But now it could be, who knows, with, with a lot of the stories about women and mm-hmm. the voiceover world and Comic-Con and all those people are so odd, you want to see them. Right. But it's just, we just have to be, you know, easy on ourselves and just know that it's, this is a very tough business. You you are in it for the for the long the mm-hmm. long term. So am I. Facts. I You and I did not become writers. You were an actor before, you were a mm-hmm. dancer become you're a director we you know you're a documentary filmmaker i love that you do that i'm actually that was an accident it's a you know i mean i direct i direct i direct regularly you know scripted shit it just came about and it was a subject that i loved and i pitched to them how i would do it and they were like you're the guy and i was like i'll take the chance you know i'll take you know what i mean luckily i know a lot about that you know what i mean yeah yeah. you know how to work with actors and Mm non-actors which is really key you're great in a room and i mean i think also it's like i i didn't set out to direct a documentary either and now I am about this transgender um, British fabulously crazy um, <laughs> UK um, artist mm-hmm. who's just wonderful and insane and I, I, I love them but, uh, but I just think it's like it's stories so we have to realize that you know the sum of all of our scripts sometimes becomes the end result of something that's absolutely fantastic and all the things that that there's a reason for all that stuff i have to know that like 15 of my solo shows that i did or 21 solo shows i did off broadway i mean i did one show then i rewrote it a week later and then the same audience came back the week later (laughs) my friend alberto's like fee i'm telling you alberto from Mm. you know caracas he's like i love you but this was the worst piece of shit don't ever do it again (laughs) it was like all right i was trying to do my eric bogosian thing he's like go back to the other thing it was really funny we loved it and then from that became the thing with my mom so I just have learned it's like art is fluid you got it's fluid it keeps changing Mm -hmm. gotta pivot and you know that this mermaid script it started as pepper I've optioned it several times I've had some big directors attached and then I and then you came into my life Mm -hmm. and I, I you know meeting you through our you know uh the person that shall not be named. I mean, remember how we met? Your, uh, your ex-manager. Oh, that, yes. oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Hello, me yes. to movement. Anyway, yeah. Um, so so um, <laughs> yeah. So all these things, you know, and it has changed, and it has changed, and it has evolved, and mm-hmm. I feel like I've 
you know, I found my voice in a genre which is really about, and in the, I've, I've been able to, which I love, is meld, is kind of bring, is marry my activism with my writing. And I am sure. an activist. I've been, is, you know, the writers <clears throat> that are listening to yeah, this. You I'm, are true I'm an animal activist. Vac- activist. Yeah. I'm hardcore. Right. I know poor, poor Hill is like, yeah. I'm never going to eat a pig in front of me again. Yeah. I was she, like, I, she I got, have. She got 15 dogs, nine uh, no, cats, you no, know, three I horses. Had, uh. I have two horses <laughs> that need to get jobs. They're very good at typing. <laughs> They're very handsome. So if anybody needs a horse, it's a good courier. Please <laughs> call me because they need to pay for their feed and everything. I have horses and I have rescued pigs and farm animals and all that stuff. They're amazing. So I feel like the activism and then human rights, climate change stuff. And now I get to really help these at risk trans youth, Mm -hmm. which is and I know that you and I are on the same page about this because there's so many. I I know now I'm getting specific into what what the topic is. But Mermaid is about a 10 year old um, trans girl who's struggling and she's living with her father actually he is living with his father and realizes that he wants to be she mm-hmm. so we see Cassie Cassius kind of really grow in and, and become Cassie um, living in the deep south with his father who's newly widowed and um, Cassie is angry and feels is scared and isolated doesn't know what's really happening and um, and secretly, you know, is trying on mom's bras and putting on the, you know, the the, the, the nail polish. And these kids that, um, you know, Cassie's ex, you know, gang are like now starting to think Cassie's a freak. And so Cassie's getting defensive and sh- throws the first punch. And of course, everybody jumps on top of him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's really like what we see is a child that's at the end of his rope. And then we also, Cassie tries to drown himself and then is pulled out of the water by Pepper, a grief stricken black drag queen. And, and then they have this beautiful relationship and it's, it's the beginning of promise of a new life for both of them. So it's like they both were at the end of their, yes, their lives and they, they met, at the perfect time. That's right. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of those beautiful, you know, yeah. cute meets, if you will, but it's exactly. not a cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's not. But it's one of those meets you don't forget because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, mm-hmm. um, um, but in the end, they needed each other yep. to be their true selves. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep, and because Pepper goes from being selfish right. to selfless. Great. Cassie goes from being like, this is who I am. And this is this is who I who I wanted. I never thought I could be. To this is who I'm, I'm claiming I am. Right. I am this mermaid. That's right. why it's called mermaid. So I am going into this transformation. And then it's also the dad. You know. Mm-hmm. So the reason. So the father is the one that changes the most. So the thing is, without getting so into just specifics about mermaid, is that it's like when you were talking about genre and finding your voice as a writer and as an activist, you know, I've been able to find my voice as, and put that in. And I wrote my first speaking of the activism. I wrote my first, uh, one of my first scripts called the front. And I was working part-time for the humane society to try to stop the seal hunt in Canada, mm-hmm. no tall order. And, um, and, uh, and, and so that's a joke. Cause obviously it, 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 it is one. And mm-hmm. I, went to Newfoundland and I did research for two weeks and I met sealers and I met all these people that were like, I thought in my mind, these are going to be some of the worst people and they were some of the nicest people, but they just have to, they happen to club the shit out of baby seals. So you're mm-hmm. like, okay. But I remember writing my first draft and Bill Idelson, who was an um, amazing writer and he's now over the rainbow bridge. And I remember he, he, he read one of my first drafts. He said, Fia, he goes, if you want to write an activist film like this, where it's just activism, activism, activism without a story, do a documentary. Mm-hmm. But this has to be a story where we are engaged with the hero and the journey. So I feel like finally, after all these scripts, I've been able to figure out how to marry the activism talking about a trans rights story that is wrapped in a story about people that are isolated and lonely at the end of the day it's like coming together and saying i see you and i and i see you and i hear you because you're claiming who you want to be i think that's right without being preachy so that's what we get to do with all the rewriting Mm -hmm. and the journey and finding your finding that voice whatever that is and i think i think that's super important that's somebody who you know my bread and butter is you know, I'm either fixing ghostwriting or, you know, brought in to do some historical, you know, I got like two of them. We just went to go pitch on the other day <clears throat> that are really like, woo, dude, if we get these, it's going to be crazy. Anyway, and what I have found is this. What is real is not always art. 
And when you, and I'm glad you're figuring out like how to use your, you know, the things you believe in and the things that you want the world to know and the things you are passionate about into your art. <clears throat> because, and he was right. There are different mediums for it. There's a reason it's called documentary, the reason it's called, you know, a feature film, mm-hmm. scripted film, whatever. It's because the journey you take on that is not taking a one-sided stance. Mm -hmm. So if you are in this movie, for example, in Mermaid, just to use it as a reference, Mm -hmm. the reason we go with the father is because that is what the stance is of most of the world. So if we're never with him, all we are is with, you know, Pepper and and, and Cassie, and we only see, see, we have to see what the obstacles are Mm -hmm. coming against Mm him. It can't be just oh, somebody's trying to kill a seal. It's got to be, mm-hmm. this person's trying to mm-hmm. kill a seal. Why? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. For example. Right. You know what I mean? So the more you start to understand that, the more you start to sit in, mm-hmm. how can I make this movie for everybody? Right. And I still say what I need to say, like you said earlier, without mm-hmm. being on the nose. That's right. You know what I mean? Where they feel something. Mm-hmm. And yet, I understand, I also understand why they still have to have that job. Right. Right, and that's why I I show, and I don't know why we're, we're talking about the front, but that's why we go into the sealing boat, mm. and you meet Ford, who's this, he is one of the sealers, and it's, uh, Daryl is the one that falls, it's a love, it, Romeo and Juliet on the, on the ice around the seal hunt, okay. so there's a lot of drama. And um, so basically, it's the, it's the prodigal son coming back, father is pancreatic cancer, and Basically, the prodigal son is a, is a doctor, hasn't been around, now is coming back, Fish his father's cancer, mm-hmm. and the brother is really angry because he finds out the dad basically, you know, um, sold their, or has um, mortgaged, or what is it, um, used the, the fishing boat as leverage to pay for financing for mm-hmm. medical school. Right. And so Daryl already has a huge chip on his shoulder about... Um, about uh, the the you know the his brother being being the uh, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. so it's just been it's it, that whole story with um, you know the father's son and but you but you get into the machinations of the of the boat and you realize these people I mean Ford that main character is like Hagrid from Harry Potter you love him mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go out and do this you know and he has a dog and stuff like that and he kills the seals quickly. And not all sealers are horrible people, mm-hmm. but we show it's like when people are dying on the ice because the ice is melting and people are fighting, we're realizing it's like, why are we paying for the sins of our fathers? So that's mm-hmm. what we get back to, but we get to see it through another, that, other, that whole other angle, which is what we do in Mermaid, because we're showing the father's fear. Mm-hmm. The father is that cisgender Southern man that doesn't understand that this kid is if there's something's going on and he thinks it's something he's done he's blaming himself so you have to show you've got to show Darth Vader you've got to rip up Darth's you know his his the the, the costume and see what's really going on mm-hmm. you know and, and see and the weakness it's interesting you say that because that is definitely the stance that most parents take whether you're single or you have a mother and father they always take the stance what did I do you know mm-hmm. I'm the one who raised you so how did you possibly turn out like that somewhere oh your mother let you do that too much it's her fault you know what I mean like they always start doing that thing and 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 the lesson in that that we have to learn is whether you taught them anything whether they were on the football field you know Bruce Jenner is a perfect example I hate to use that example Caitlin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is you know the most athletic person in the world still inside was this woman if you will you know, and Caitlin, I'm not trying to justify anything, but I'm just using them as no, an example that everybody yeah, yeah. could yeah. see. Right. <clears throat> and it took all those years for mm-hmm. her to finally mm-hmm. accept who she was going to be and to just be it and, mm-hmm. you know, praise and all that stuff to whatever, you know, she decided to do. But that's an example of how you can't, you are not in control of because they're doing sports that they're gonna take that journey oh sure that's all i'm trying to say you know but we think oh well that's you know when you see movies and tv it's always Mm -hmm. some effeminate you know whatever so they think and that's that that was a great point that you said and look at you i mean you uh, you know you were you're 
you're gay, mm-hmm. but you're also you're you're feminine, you're masculine, you're you're your effort you're so many different you've got so many different colors to who you are which is beautiful and i feel like why are we painting people with the same brush just like if i'm a strong woman it's easier that way right because like i'm a strong woman i'm a bitch yeah. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, something <laughs> like that. Oh, you're a bitch. All right. <laughs> you know, because you, you have, you're opinionated. But that's why I think we have to, why you've got to get out and you've got to do the research. You've got to, as a writer, it's incumbent upon us to do a lot of research to find <clears> out who are we talking to. I'm sitting across from a man that's head of the Ceiling Association for that, uh, for the front with the Ceiling movie. Or I'm talking to parents of a trans, of, their, of, of a trans son. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking, you know, had three, uh, these long calls with this mom. Uh, she was, she's a, she's a minister and she and her husband are very liberal. They live in upstate New York and she fears every, she was, there was a time where she feared for her daughter, her, you know, her trans son's life because right. every time he took a shower, he would try to cut himself and was so bullied at school. So I think it's like, we cannot paint these children or families Anybody with the same brush, we can't. And that's what Mermaid is about. It's about celebrating the diversity. Cassie is not an effeminate little kid. He is a kid that is, you know, great at sports. He loves to get out there on the motorboat, loves to do all that, but he is different. I mean, you know, I have a friend of mine, you know, she was James before, now she's Jenna. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. She was the head of a, her, you know, football team in high school yeah. and realized something, was, something else was happening. Mm-hmm. And now Jenna is just who she is. She's gorgeous. She's strong. She's powerful. We're all like, girl, you have no cellulite. I hate you so much. <laughs> she looks always great in her miniskirt, you know. <laughs> and um, she's married to this other, this beautiful woman, and I call them the blonde bombshells. But it's like, I think that we need to start as writers. We have to do a lot of research. You got to walk. You got to walk in another person's shoes. Yep. And even if it's the person that you don't want to write about. And I got, when I was starting to write Mermaid and I was writing The Father, I hated Bill. I hated the father, and I got a note from, um, I call them one of the people in my Spanish Inquisition, because we have <laughs> five people I send my script to, and they go, ah, yes, no, here's some good notes, or whatever, and they're honest. And I got this one comment from, um, <clears throat> from Gilles, and he said, you, until you love the father, you won't ever, we won't ever see that transition. That is the best note I've ever heard. Okay. That's the best note. Yes. Love your villain. And don't because just, you think he's a villain. That's the that's problem. Right. You this put ain't the, no graphic you novel the, shit. You put okay? the V on it. That's you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of making him another character that's just an opponent to the character. Who? What did you say earlier? He's the one who arcs the home the most. Yep. You know and what I mean? He's the one. That's right. He is the one at the end who's after bringing the kid for conversion therapy. It's not your stereotyp- stereotypical, but you know, the going to some of these doctors who mm-hmm. prescribe medication and stuff like that. Um, but it's, there's no, there's a conversion camp. We've already seen that, but it's something else. But this is what the father's, you know, this is what he did. You know, I've got to give my <clears throat> kid to therapy. We got to fix this problem. But you know, and then locking the, literally caging his child so Cassie couldn't sneak out and see Pepper and go to the club and 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 have this whole world. Speaking of that, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. People need to realize. Let's talk about this club for a second. Yeah. There's something because it I can't wait to be because what we've been talking about sounds really heavy. There's actually this is. Actually, a seriously, it's definitely serious, but it's fucking hilarious. I would say it's too. a dramedy. Yeah, really. it's, it's it's definitely, really. and it's got some big drag numbers that yeah. people are gonna love. Oh, we got drag, you know we mean? got drag numbers. The club is for everybody. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, pansexual. We have we have every single type of person under the rainbow. We got straight. We got some straight, pitiful straight folks in there too, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we got, you know, we've got everybody. We got everybody because this is a safe space for everybody. And that's why when Cassie walks into that club, she is just like, oh my God, this is Alice in Wonderland. And mm-hmm. seeing Pepper from underneath the tablecloth and, you know, following Pepper as Pepper comes up on the stage is the most magnificent, beautiful scene he's ever seen and then that whole world um so i just think that um we're celebrating so much diversity and and also that this is the new norm mm-hmm. you know we and thank god we're not i mean i look at my heart goes out to as i say this it's a new norm here in this country you know and and europe and and and, and scandinavia and those places but my heart goes out to those people in the middle east and afghanistan Facts. really is just yep. so sad for the yep. women and for anybody that's gay or anything it's terrible it's it's so, been a reminder of you know, and i don't want to talk politics no, at all but yeah. just generalizing here yeah. because <clears throat> i've been going through a thing since george floyd where i'm like 
because we spend so much time in Scottsdale, mm-hmm. you know, especially, and it was during, you know, the, this last election, mm-hmm. you know, we were back and forth a lot and I would be sitting in traffic on the fri- on the, on the highway and it would mm-hmm. be a long proscenium of just like a hundred Trump cars oh, <laughs> with the flag. And yeah. it got me to a point where all I saw were these giant American flags and then the Confederate flag right next to it. Mm-hmm. And it made me go, I don't like the American flag anymore. Mm-mm at all Uh -uh. and so but what happened recently for me and i'm slowly turning around just a little bit just hear me Mm -hmm. out so i've been studying all the stuff on the 1619 project right for this possible project and what it made me think about was what you were just saying a moment ago about what's going on in afghanistan and stuff Mm -hmm. we don't realize how good we have it here (laughs) we we forget we are so entitled and spoiled here Mm -hmm that we don't realize that just across the fucking border, you know, you pop into any of these islands or these countries and you'll see the devastation in the way these people live and you'd be like, oh my God. We should all be flying that Mm -hmm. flag. Like That's Mm -hmm. what's been changing in my head. Would you say, the more you do your research. So when I hear people say that, I'm going, oh, you haven't really And travel, travel. That's the other thing. Get your, that's um, the other thing. Get out and see the world. Go right. to Africa. Right. Go to Africa. See the people are, you know, and hey, listen, a mud hut is a great idea because it does keep you nice and cool. Um, so, but I, yeah, I'm not going to live one now today, live in one today, but I, you know, I, I uh, volunteered a bunch of park rangers out in this, this park in Kenya and I mm-hmm. just, I love them. I, they just had such an incredible experience. So you've got to go out and you've got to see how people are living. You've got to see how, get, get to know how other, and you'll see how, how much we do have, have in this country. We do right. have the freedom of speech. Right. We do have the ability to say what we feel without being stoned to death, without being persecuted or shot and thrown in a pit. And, um, and, you know, thank God. So, but we have a long way to go, too. I don't want to get into politics, but we have to be careful because there's gerrymandering and there's a lot of, we have a lot of problems. But mm-hmm. as writers, we can, we can show these characters, we can write these three-dimensional characters that are not all bad. Right. That they, why, you know, why, you know, show that the, the stuff behind the eyes and in their sinews, what made them tick? Why are they making these decisions? Why are they in so much pain that they need to inflict torture on others? You know, that is an interesting character. Here's, and we see those characters, you know. Here's a perfect example. <laughs> this, is a, this is a funny example. I'll, I'll use this. You think about Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. You think about Jason. They weren't just after you to kill you. They had a reason why. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the difference. And you right. start to go, oh, I understand uh-huh. why uh-huh. they're going after the sons or the kids of right. the people who did blah, 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 blah. Right. It right. was a reason uh-huh. for it. Now, I'm not right. saying they should have did the shit, but <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have, should have been born by that motherfucker. Right. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But even that in right. that type of a world was smart enough to think mm. it still has to have a reason. You can't yeah. just be like, some random, you know, right. uh, 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 you know, killer who's just killing Coming people. Into your dreams Nobody buys that anymore. You. Nobody buys. Right. You got to have a reason that's of why. Right. You know what I mean? And that's yep. what kind of humanizes them. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. the more the the series goes on, they start mm-hmm. to have powers that you know, whatever exactly. the fuck. But initially, part one. Right. <laughs> it yeah. makes a little more sense. You know right, I mean? exactly. So do your research. Know who you're. T- know you know. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Take risks. Find your voice. Write as much as you can. Travel, you know. Read. Read and challenge yourself and find out no history and know who you're researching. And really, you know, I I don't have any, you know, when I, um, with this documentary, I have gotten to know this person, you know, Paul Whitehead personally for the last year. He's my boyfriend's very close friend. But then getting to know all of the artwork. I mean, mean, yes, he is a Brit. (laughs) And knowing he has a wonderful accent and 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 knowing the the, the depth of the of all the artwork and everything that they've done. And then Mm. him coming out as Trisha and all that. It's a beautiful. So it's like I don't. It's like going into it with go into your script with an open mind and don't be afraid of what's going to happen. And also one of the one of the biggest pieces of advice that Bill Idelson gave me he said, "Don't back down. Don't be afraid of conflict." Facts. You get into the scene. Don't but don't back down because you're afraid because of how you back down and don't want to take a stand. Make sure your character is taking a stand. 
you know? Yep. So I, I, I think there's so many things. I listen, I, you know, I'm always learning and I'm always getting better as a writer myself. And um, that's tell, the beauty of writing a lot. I told so. this story, I think, once <laughs> on this podcast before. <clears throat> I was reading um, uh, a young writer's script a few months ago. And they had this moment where these two sisters were having this conversation about their abusive father. And and then it ended. And I was like, oh, we're on like page, whatever page it was. I was like, this is a big moment right here. This should be, like you said, not being afraid to elevate that moment to make it the thing. And I mm-hmm. said, you, and my note was, do you know what would have been amazing here? Is if the girls were having this conversation thinking the father can't hear them. Right. But he's either standing right at the door Behind the door, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Eavesdropping right mm-hmm. within the earshot. Heighten the conflict. And, and right. you end that scene mm-hmm. with him right there all the time. Now he has mm-hmm. information, mm-hmm. right? Dramatic irony that they don't know, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Now we could use that against them later. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God. She's like, but, but that didn't happen. He wasn't things based on real life. I should see that is that, a difference between a, a writer right. and somebody who thinks I'm writing the truth. Right. Yes. See, that's the, that's the difference. You've got to be really careful. And it's the same thing. You know this from, from you know, you, you're like a research junkie like I am. You, we, we actually go and interview people and talk mm-hmm. to them about whatever. Mm-hmm. Even that, I'm careful. Well, they'll mm-hmm. say, well, here's how it happened. I did this thing and this thing happened. And next thing you know, this mm-hmm. thing happened, this thing. And it sounds like this great story. Mm-hmm. Thematically. If it doesn't work. In thematically, the, yeah. something else might be missing. Like a little mm-hmm. beat, like I just said. Mm-hmm. The father might be standing there, right? right? But in your mind, it's like, but they told me the story and that's how it happened. Right. You are not writing a documentary. You are writing a movie. That's great. The you got to elevate it. The movie we saw, Mary Queen of Scots mm-hmm. and Queen Elizabeth, mm-hmm. they didn't actually meet. Right. But that was brilliant that brilliant. they did behind all that laundry. You mm-hmm. know, where is that, that um, the, the, the sheets were mm-hmm. blowing? And it was so powerful. That's, you know, take something and then you heighten it. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a documentary, you're doing a documentary. If it's, and that should still be heightened too in its own way. based on historical facts. Exactly. Yes. Reality docu-stuff, I mean, I've, 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 I think that it's been really cool because I've been able to work on some docu-stuff. I don't like to call it reality, but it's, you know, you do, you can shape. It's a docu-series. It's docu-series, but you're, you're, you're creating the script in real time with the, with the people that you're interviewing. And mm-hmm. then you're, you know, then you find and you, it's revelations about where you're going with the story, but you're pulling out and you're putting together thematically. It still has to be, have a beginning, middle and end and interesting beats and drama and tension. Yep. Otherwise, nobody's going to want to watch have it. rise and fall. Okay. So yeah. it's the same thing, but we're, you know, obviously if this person is, you know, World War II pilot, you're going to say, oh yeah, no, he was a, a drag queen in Berlin. No, you've got to be <laughs> historically correct, but you can still tweak how you're, how you're finessing and showing the story. Which, I is, mean, telling. which, which is the other trap. I love to use that word <clears throat> is they do this. I don't want my mother to look bad. So they make mm-hmm. her like the sweetest mm-hmm. person in the world. And there's no drama to that mm-hmm. whatsoever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the other problem. When they mm-hmm. keep forgetting mm-hmm. that you can arc that person. You know what I mean? They can change later. Mm-hmm. And then they feel justified. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the thing that, that, that I'm saying this to you writers as you listen. <clears throat> Remember that. You can take a real person in real life and write them accordingly, even though you're going to be worried they may read or see it or whatever. If you arc them, they'll be like, oh, I became who I am now. That was who I was then. Mm-hmm. For example, you know what I mean? Or they still are that way, and you change them in your movie. Or, 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 you know? or you, <clears throat> you, you, there's redemption. Right. And or you have released your need to seek a pr- approval from your whoever you're writing about. I mean, I wrote a lot about my mom, which I talked about earlier, right. and she was very upset about it. And I did forbade her to come to see my solo show, but I got great reviews. It was optioned and all this stuff, and, and it was <clears> just, you know, it, it uh, I had somebody who was like, oh, Nora Ephron's going to make this movie, and I was like, oh, God, my mother's going to cut, you know, she's never going to want to talk to me again. But when people would see my solo show... And they would stand up and give me a standing ovation. They'd cry and say, I'm going to call my mom and call my dad. And that was the reason for me doing the show. It's about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's not about casting blame. You need blame. to do it for you. 
because it's not about our parents have done the best they can. So release that attachment, that literal attachment to a character so that you can transcend and see the transformation Mm -hmm. and the redemption. But you have to show their warts. You've got to show that side to Mm -hmm. them because it's the conflict of it's what they did. If they're victimizing, if they're abusing, you've got to show that, you know? I mean, <laughs> Tina Turner, you know, Tina Turner's... Um, uh, love you know, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, we, sh- we had to see all those horrible mm-hmm. things that he did yep. and, and what, what's love got to do. Well, you got to see that. You can't just see like, oh, you know, he was fine and this and that. No, he was a monster. But Tina, Tina has, she has, she has found redemption in her heart. He's a very, he was a very sick man. He's not with us anymore. And, you know, but that was her story. That's why it was so riveting. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes we, I think people do get so, writers, we get so married out of fear. So let go of the fear and write what you know, but don't be afraid to, 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 to if you need to elevate it, don't back off from the truth or the conflict, as you said, because that's why we watch movies. That's why we watch series. You know, I mean, to me, it's your job as a writer is to elevate, if it's based on real life, to elevate the real life. Because <clears throat> here's the reason why I think I'm really good at this is this reason. For example, we might be doing something about somebody from the 1800s, right? When you go to research this person, there's only like, this happened, here's what we know happened around 1859. Mm-hmm. They did this thing. Around 1876, we know that they did this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so what happened in between this? I have to get this character from that part to that part. You have to use your imagination. Creativity, yes. So you know the character is going to become Mm -hmm. this person. Mm -hmm. Who were they then? So on that journey, they probably would have taken these steps to Mm -hmm. get there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to backtrack. Mm -hmm. And the more you backtrack, the more you're able to Mm -hmm. see new things that you'll end up mm-hmm. there in 19 and you know in 1876 mm-hmm. but all the way there you got to mm-hmm. back okay well they must have came across this and then mm-hmm. the civil war happened mm-hmm. and then boom boom you know what i mean you got to mm-hmm. work that's why they say work backwards sometimes right mm-hmm. and the more you do that you go oh but you can also loosely because um adam and i they, we, we've written this graphic novel that's we say it's loosely it's a woke love story that takes place in the 1800s that's loosely based on historical facts and so we do have them they they're fighting the with the british with uh with this native native uh, american native tribe mm-hmm. and it's actually based these are all my ancestors too which i'm super proud of I'm like yay you know the thatchers yay and they went up to to quebec they fought the battle but we're tweaking it mm-hmm. we're tweaking it so it might not happen in the exact timeline but it's the event was right. true and so then you put all that stuff together and you can have a lot of fun using actual history it's that can serve. That's the point of view. The right. story that, that the character would be doing those things. Right. So, I mean, I have a pirate in my family. <laughs> Black Bellamy is an ancestor <laughs> of mine. I mean, so I'm like, okay. He rem- he's like a Daniel Day-Lewis with mm-hmm. a beard and everything. And he's charming. And, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's working with the British and he's taking over a lot of these ports. And, you know, he then he ends up marrying the Duchess of Dartford, whatever. And, and it's just so there's so you can have a lot of fun with it, too. Mm-hmm. And but 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 no, but you said you're really good. Go with the really go with the research. And then you've got to you've got to string together the pearls. So and that's I feel right. like that's the most fun. And you have to keep the character consistent. Yep. That's the problem yep. too. Yeah. All of a sudden they start doing or saying something different. Yep. Like why would they do or say this all of that's a sudden? Right. They haven't become right. that yet. That's so right. They, they would never stand up to a white that's man right. that way or whatever exactly. the thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. You have to be in it. That's right. You know? And and they're also <clears throat> the rules of the world. Right. So if you have like in in the graphic novel, we know it's a little bit. We have. I mean, there's a whale, Moby, and the you know she's the. The, the, the Pippa character is a colonialist. She's an uh, activist and all this stuff. I wonder who she's based on. And she's got this relationship with the giant sperm whale. And so mm-hmm. it's a little bit, you know, so there's real, there's reality and then it bends reality. It's a little fantastical. Yeah. Stuff, but we've established those rules of right. the world in that first book. So it's just like, you know, it's like, you know, know the genre, know where you're going. But also if it, okay, if you're writing about vampires, they, you know, vampires need blood. <laughs> They're not going to be drinking Tropicana. But, so, but, <laughs> but, 
even that, and you know, I'm like Mr. Vampire Zombie Dude. Unless they're vegan and, vampires and, and they're doing a lot of you know green drinks. But see, here's the problem. You just said you have depends on the world you're in. Mm-hmm. I have read numerous. You know, I've read thousands of scripts, and I'm not exaggerating. I've read probably dozens of different vampire stories where somebody was trying to create a new world of vampires or whatever. And I'm always like, the problem is you didn't establish the world and the rules of the world. Right. So you That's have right. to remind us what the rules of the world right. and this world is. Right. That's why I always suggest for me, if I read a zombie movie or a vampire movie where they're not called that, they're called something else. Mm-hmm. They just happen to do the same similar mm-hmm. things so that in your world, they're able to, they have abilities to do this or this mm-hmm. or this mm-hmm. because they're not a vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're actually right. from space or whatever, right. you know, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be specific yep. because once you cross the line right. that they are what we think they are, mm-hmm. you have messed it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. If they're not, so to speak, going back to their coffin to go to sleep or in their right. whatever, right. you know what I mean? Right. You lost all of those things. So if you're talking about like if there's a Billy Elliot alien, which I have some, yeah. an idea for that. And she's from another time, and she doesn't know that. But you set this up, mm-hmm. then it's like okay, it's a different. You know, I'm setting up that world and her and the things that she can. If she can erase people or erase things, then you're setting that up, and then she's got to build this army. So there's just ways. You're right because the minute you go back, <laughs> go okay, it's the zombies. Uh oh. Then there's right. rules of that that we we go immediately back to stereotypical right. think, how we're gonna think about the Walking Dead. I don't know if you watch that ever. But yeah, The Walking Dead is a perfect example. You see, I got all the books down there. Yeah. The Walking Dead is a perfect example <laughs> mm-hmm. of a story where this thing happened and mm-hmm. nobody knows why. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, people are coming alive and they're eating people. They're not called zombies. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They decide to call them walkers right. because they're walking around the right, town. Right. And then they start giving them different, you know, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, words depending on yeah. what part of the town they're yeah. from, biters or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so they're not called zombies because they didn't uh-huh. exist in this world. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. You built the world uh-huh. so that we learn with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to, oh, well, they're all of a sudden there must be zombies mm-hmm. outside. That's mm-hmm. corny to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's to say that I, the, the Ryan Murphy, the American Horror Story with the writers mm-hmm. on the Cape, and it's like they don't say they're vampires, mm-hmm. but they but people take the the blood pills, and it becomes mm-hmm. if you have talent, it will enhance your talent, and you'll be. Do they you know, kill anybody or anything? Uh, oh, sure, they okay. kill a lot of people, okay. like a lot of drug addicts. Mm-hmm. So, and that's it's just there's so many underlying themes to Ryan Murphy's this this show about the vampire writers and Cape in Provincetown. It's actually I think it's is this brilliant. the series or the remember there was a, a movie series. there's a movie it's that series. they just did too, isn't it? Uh, I think so, but this one is a series, okay. and it's just so it, it just comments on so many different political stuff mm-hmm. and and about how we treat drug addicts and and people that are, are it's almost like they're the the invisible people mm-hmm. the pale people so right. if you don't have but you're right going back to that nobody's calling them zombie mm-hmm. or they're not calling them vampires you're you become a pale person and you're walking walking the earth and you're you know trying to eat people but you have no talents you're just a pale person mm. but if you really have talent you take the pill and you become this so you know this oh, talented vampire then you sell your screenplays for three million dollars and you <laughs> you know you you know uh joaquin phoenix wants to do your pilot for right, free right. i mean it's it's very it's it's very funny and very fantastical so basically you've 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 yeah. uh you've but it's made really, a deal with the devil so it's that's exactly oh, yeah. the deal with what will you do Mm-hmm. To, to be successful and a successful writer. It's brilliant. And so, so yeah, but they've set that world up. Nobody's talking about, oh, they're vamp, you know, so all that stuff. So you're right. The, but the minute anybody says, oh, they're vampires, then we're going to go back, wait a minute, coffin. Yep. You're going to be, you're going to yeah, have expectations. Exactly. exactly. So, so that's the thing. So I think it's just being specific, knowing your world, knowing your voice, willing to take criticism and then also it's 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 i think that like it's a lot of it is in the rewriting Mm -hmm. so much of it is in the rewriting and that that allowing a script to be fluid and then there's some scripts that i don't you know that i'm sure you felt this way that they're done i don't feel like going back and tinkering if somebody wants to buy them and create you know Mm -hmm. and work on them i'll we'll have that conversation Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to go and build a deck for that i'm done with those things Mm -hmm. this is the thing i'm focusing on and then i just keep you know i have Several you know, of those. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but I think sometimes we get so like, I've got to work on it for the next 20 years. I mean, I, we're at, you know, I've been working on Mermaid for a while, and now it's like, the, you know, just really working on um, 
we've got some funding. We're getting some nice traction. And we've got, there's grants that we're looking at. We're looking at, we have other EPs that are coming on, right? See, that's been so, a cool thing that, that I've been watching with you over the last, you know, two or three years. 2018, I think we shot it, didn't we? Is that what no, it was? No, 19. It's 19? Been, okay. Know, it's, only, it's only been two years. Okay. <laughs> and, and I don't know why I have 2018 in my head. So anyway, um, mm. but, but the interesting thing that I find is, I was talking earlier about how you have to pivot sometimes because you came really close to getting this money like a year or a year or two ago right before the, the Rona. And mm-hmm. things shift. And now, like you said, now you got to, well, fucking let me see if I can get a grant. You know, it's like the, the, the constant yeah. pivot that a lot of filmmakers mm-hmm. don't want to take the time to do. They're just mm-hmm. like, I give up. I'm just not going to sell mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? You never do that. Even though the thing that I love about you too is, like you said, you're in the middle of shooting this documentary, you know, you out shooting pilots, you got the, you know, the thing you're doing with your brother. There's like all kind of things you're doing. You're not waiting for this movie to happen. You want this movie to happen. You're still out there hustling for it, you know, but, but at the same time, it's not the one thing you have. Well, I have, I'm a, you know, I'm a director. I'm a filmmaker. I love I love making content. I love making movies and I want to make, I want to direct a ton of stuff, not just stuff I've written. So for me, being behind the camera and working with all these different types of personalities and actors, even Jen Bricker, the disability aerialist, she's amazing, born without any legs Mm -hmm. and shooting her, that whole section segment on her, you know, and, and, uh, you know, potentially working on a piece about her. I mean, it's, it's inspiring. And then you can mine so much from being behind the camera and then working with just all the different DPs. So this is something I, you know, I, I, I picked up five years ago. I mean, I've been working behind the camera, writing and producing, but I never thought I, I was like never considered really directing, even though I was always kind of tweaking behind the camera mm-hmm. and then really going like, you know, this is something I love to do. And, and I think from having the experience being an actor that I know how it's to a, work with It's an easier transition, especially if yeah. you're, you and I like are, you know, theater actors, you know, as we mm-hmm. come from the theater, we yeah. understand, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we probably have directed a lot of things in theater and mm-hmm. you just don't even think or remember mm-hmm. those things because you're like, oh God, mm-hmm. I forgot I directed that play or, exactly. you know, oh, that fashion show, like whatever it was, exactly. you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's also like, you know, I love working with actors. Mm-hmm. I do, I love it. And and actors that are stuck and, and I look forward to working with crown jewels of mm-hmm. actors, you know, that you just get the fuck out of their way and let them yeah. do what they're supposed to be doing. But, but, but being able to, I love the framing of the scene and all that. And I'm, I'm into, I love all the lenses and the, I just, I'm always the coloring and how you're going to shoot something and all that. I just, I love all that. So it's just, it, I think it's just such a, it, it's just, I'm looking forward to shooting this movie. And I think you and I just want to say, welcome to West Hollywood. You hear all the, yeah, they're not running after me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I feel like we talked about this. Had we made this movie three years ago or two years ago, I don't know if it would be as good as yeah. I think it's going to be it's now. Facts. Because I've got well, let's, let's talk about a that. lot. Let's yeah. talk about that for a second. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing, because I don't always get to talk about this on the show. Mm-hmm. So she wrote this script a couple of years ago, and we were really close to shooting it several years ago. Now, fast forward you know, over the last two years trying to raise money and blah, 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 blah. What happens is you do several different things. You watch other movies, you read other scripts, you have new ideas, you have moments to hit you. You go, you know what? That moment where that person did that thing, I just watched something on this show. I bet if I took that type of a thing and added it here, it would elevate that whole whatever. Or you know how I had that character do that thing? That character should be there instead. Whatever it is. Little things like that are why you get the pause. Because those are the things that are going to make it better. And so for me, and I always say this, I never get anxious or worried about the fact that we had all the shit prepped and ready to go and it didn't happen. Mm. Because when it does, you gain either in the mm-hmm. script or you gain in production. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen in the 30-something projects mm-hmm. I produce now. Mm-hmm. Every single time you gain somewhere else mm-hmm. that you didn't gain when you mm-hmm. plan to shoot it the first time. Exactly. You know that's I mean? exactly it. And I, <clears throat> you know, I think, and even now, we're going to talk about, I, I, after this, after we're done with this, I'm, you know, before I get a parking ticket, um, a little revi- you know, a revision that I've made, and it's more of a revelation, and so, which I think is going to elevate it even more, 
and and listen, it's going to change too when we're yep. shooting. Yep. So it's being it's being and you're um, a rehearsal person you're going to be changing shit when oh you do i rehearsal. love it you know because you know? when we're in you know when right. you got you know i'm gonna we that club scene is very choreographed there's mm-hmm. a lot going on people crossing in front we got right. steady cam there's a lot of stuff happening i want two cameras so i won't be eating for like three years but we'll have two cameras <laughs> in the club. but it's really just knowing that this is if you are going to the bottom line is nobody's going to make the movie that you want to make you have to make it Okay. Facts. There's there are movies that you can that we write and shows and series that we need to collaborate and takes a village. You know, Hilliard and I are going to be working with other people. We have a big crew for Mermaid, lean tight, big. But it's going to be a big crew. Well, it's be bigger than just the two of us, right? Yes. But you have to be willing to do to 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 stay with something as uncomfortable and as unpleasant and as sad, the ups and downs of, oh my God, this person's giving me money. They're not going to give me money. I got this actor, this person. It just constantly changes mm-hmm. to know that the right thing is going to happen. The right thing is going to happen because we're in it for the long game. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is, I think why we're starting to get closer to the financing is that people are starting to see, I can see how we're going to make our money The climate has changed the since we started The climate has changed now, too, because yes. people want to see these these projects mm-hmm. that celebrate diversity right. and, and transgender right. children that are really, you know, coming into their own. And this is a, this is these voices need to be celebrated and heard. And, and the numbers, too. I mean, there are 18 million trans people that live in this country. Crazy. Okay. And the Gen Z, I mean, mm-hmm. two out of five kids are I, I identify as LGBTQ. Wow. Plus, okay, they're going to be watching this film. So Mm -hmm. there's a real call to action. So I I think that it's just about, um, it's it's really about, it's it's not, not, don't, just because you get knocked down, you got to get back up. Mm -hmm. And if you really believe in something, but also know what is your impact? Why are you doing it at the end Mm -hmm. of the day? And I can say to an investor, look, you're going to make your money back or you're going to get a tax write-off because we're section 181. This Mm -hmm. is all the stuff I learned on Clubhouse. But more importantly, if you can save a kid from killing themselves, how would that make you feel? Mm -hmm. You're 50,000. You know, so I mean, we were we we. So for all y'all fifty thousands, you know, you could just pass the debt on over here. You know, exactly. We'll take the debt, but seriously, you know, and it's funny too. So you know, there's a lot of good stuff. So we there's something for everybody. There's something for everybody, and 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 the guys, the husbands and the boyfriends or partners are dragged to see the film. We'll go. Okay, really, that was funny. I really enjoyed that part. You know, it has some a lot of fun. It has heart, so they're gonna love it for that. Absolutely, and 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 so and so that that's what it's about. But 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 I'm you know I'm learning from a lot of my fellow film. Filmmakers who have made movies for 150,000, for 250,000. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want to, we're under a million. Uh, when I hear people like, oh, yeah, you should go for a million, it's like, well, if, you know, listen, I got a budget for 600,000, I got my 775, and now with the Rona, it's gone mm-hmm. up to 910 because yep. you have to have all the testing. So it's like, I keep, you know, and then redoing the deck and all that. It's a lot of work, but if you're yeah. not willing to do it, don't do it. It's not for the faint of heart. Thanks. And, and be prepared, you know, we, we'll make, just know that, you, I know that I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this movie made. So On that note, thank you so much. Um, Fia, tell everybody about the next Clubhouse event you guys have, because this, this is going to drop on Monday on. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, again, there's nothing I did to attract the police here. Um, so we, uh, so Hilliard and I are, we're doing a Clubhouse Mermaid watch party on um, this coming Wednesday, September 8th at 11.30, California time. PT. PT. And uh, so so join us. It's, uh, it's 11.30, and it's going to be hosted by Linda Riley with Diva Magazine. We've got mm-hmm. the UK contingency, LGBTQ plus community. Oh, you guys is, connected. Yes, oh, we awesome. connected awesome. finally. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then there is, um, there is a group, a nonprofit called Mermaids in the UK, nice. and it's with, with, for trans kids right. and adults and everything. Nice. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to have hopefully some people from, from that organization mm-hmm. talking. And um, you know, you're going to be there, and mm-hmm. I think we've got uh, got Merrick is going to drop in. Pop I'll put in. it in the show notes too. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of people. <clears throat> we'll watch the short, and then we'll have a convo after. And um, yeah, and we're we're going to be shooting this 2022 um, down in Louisiana. Spring. Yeah, hopefully we're going to be doing it yes. in the spring, and uh, and hopefully the Delta variant will just. Just kind of go away. There is no. What are you, what are you talking about? I That's know, gone. It's, it's fake it's news. Gone. 
It's gone. As Trump says, <laughs> it's, you know, when it's hot, it just leaves. It just, <laughs> it goes, just goes away, away in the spring. It goes away like a fart. It just disappears like Melania. She was Jesus a fart, now she's disappeared. Christ. I don't know where she is. Wow. Is she in the golf? Is she in the golf house? Where is wow. she? Was she in a, has she been run over by a golf cart? I don't know. <laughs> is she Miss Mitch McConnell's ass? I have no idea. All right, all right, all okay. right. <laughs> That's a bad Trump impression. But exactly. uh, all right, thanks. Where can people follow you on all the social media? Yes, you can follow me on. Um, on Instagram at the global activista also follow mermaid feature film on Instagram and that uh, I don't do Twitter anymore why aren't you on Twitter I don't know I just don't like it anymore okay it's I mean it's this jumping I, I mean I'm never hardly on yeah, it either but I can't do yeah no I you so. know the truth is like I got locked out somehow with my password and I can't figure it out. So <laughs> that's the truth. So anyway, the, the Hilliard, I love you. Thanks so you much too, for the convo. And, um, and I, well, next I'm, time we'll be doing this, you know, hopefully God's will and all those other wills that we will be, know. you know, talking about how cool it was at Sundance or some shit. You know what I mean? Yes. <clears throat> That'll absolutely. Be or pissing off the conservative yeah. people down in, <laughs> down at, down you know in, uh, yeah, down there. Be like, wow, that parade, we hated it. And then all of a sudden they're joining the parade. Exactly. Okay. Thanks, Hilliard. <laughs> all right. I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool for you. <clears throat> at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. We are all over the world, everywhere. Um, go on our ScreenwritersRR.com. Get the t-shirts. <clears throat> Support to the Patreon page. We appreciate that. Um, I said Please give us a five-star because we need that. That's important. Um, yeah, a lot of good shit coming up. Some big, 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 big wig folks coming on. It's going to be exciting. Um, y'all got Fia now. It's going to be hard to get her in about a year or so. and be fucking around. So <laughs> I'll be like, bring me some kombucha and M&Ms and we'll talk. <laughs> exactly. We'll talk about your script. That's hilarious. Um, anyway, join with me for Wakanda Forever. You guys know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what fear? Wakanda forever. Bye, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.